0: Welcome back to a second series of Leash Connects podcasts, where we meet more of the dedicated people who are there to support you and your community in the wonderful county of Leash. So my guests today are Radwan Abu Hajar and Balaji Adeiji. Radwan is originally from Syria, displaced because of conflict, and has been living in Ireland since 2014. Radwan works as a resettlement officer with Syrian Resettlement Project in Offaly working with Syrian families. Bolaje is originally from Nigeria, living in Ireland for the last 16 years. He's employed as a banker and presently working as a migrant support worker. Balaje is the founder of the Leash Africa Support Groups. Guys, you're both very, very welcome. So today we're going to have a conversation around the subject of displacement, the subject of change, the subject of moving from one country to another because of difficulty, adversity, like life-changing events. So it can be a difficult conversation, I can imagine, for people to have. I can imagine it be a difficult conversation for some people to listen to. But I'm really, really grateful that you've agreed to have this conversation with us and to share your journey with us, because it has been a journey just from listening to you in the past. And what I'm curious to know about that journey is maybe some of the things that has taught you about yourself, about others, about life. So maybe, Radwan, if you don't mind, we start with you. We can talk about your journey if you're happy to talk about it or we could talk about what has your journey taught you so far about life
1: so as you mentioned, somebody lost his life, his job, his friends and has to start from the beginning. Different language, different uh, life and different system and everything different. You should adapt yourself, you should get used to the new life and you should to teach yourself and learn different things surrounding you in order to continue and regain your normal life again. So yes, we arrived here to Ireland as a group. I decided myself, it's my life here, I have to support my family and I have to learn everything Enable me just to continue my life here. I started to do some voluntary job at first, and that was very, very educational for me, and that educated me a lot of things about services, about people, about life, about the system here. I used to support the resettlement support worker leash, where we moved at first, and from that voluntary job, I got a lot of skills, a lot of knowledge about the life here. After that, I got my first placement as a tooth worker, and through that role, I could also be involved in fall talk, English language conversation in Leash. I was facilitator and teaching English for non-English speakers, especially Arabic speakers, because Arabic is my native language. And after three months as a community employment participant as well with Leash Partnership. During that time, I got a lot of information, a lot of connects, friends. I could make a lot of friends in, in my town, Portlaoise. And after that, I got my first uh, full-time job in Offli as resettlement support worker, supporting the Syrian refugees. I have the full knowledge, of what refugees need here because myself, I came from the same background. I went all these stages from being a refugee, receiving support from somebody, getting some knowledge to support others. And after that, I became support worker. I speak Arabic and I have my English. I have my degree as agriculture engineer that from Syria. Here I could get my master's and refugee integration with DCU during my work here in Offaly. During my work, I supported the Syrian families to settle here in their new homes, link them with the people, link them with the community, encourage them to do what they have to do to have their lives again, because most of them, all of them, they have their back life, they have their back jobs and all these things that's lost because of war. I see most of them, they got their jobs, they got the education opportunities, and they continue their normal life. The children as well, they have their life here, they grow here, mixing with other children in the schools, no discrimination with other children. They receive what other children receive in the schools, And also, I can tell you, the children better than us in this part. They absorb the language, they understand the traditions, and they mix with other people, with other children in schools and in the neighbourhood as well. Yes, it's a big change from being in some place. It doesn't mean I have to stop and to say, I was, I was, but I have to say, I am here. I have to find my way here. I have the support from the local community, from people here, from our neighbours, friends. I can say after six years, we could make a lot of friends. My last job in an local company, until now, I keep communicating with my colleagues because my contract will finish, in the offly local development company. So I can maybe search another maybe course, doing another job. I have the opportunity to do something. Maybe I change my career. Life doesn't stop. If you have to live this life, you have just to decide. You have to be yourself and you can adapt yourself. You can find your way in many different ways. But you don't need just to stop here to say, I am an agricultural engineer. I can't do another job. I can't do a different thing. I speak Arabic. I can't speak English. No, you have just to think and find your way in this life. How did you find
0: that ability to adopt Balaje, when you were first coming from Africa to Ireland?
2: I think it's one of the most difficult things to do because if you're talking about adaptation, And then we talk about two different countries, tradition, history, food, weather. Because I remember when I came to Ireland and I was very confused. I was genuinely confused for months. Okay, so I would grow up. I'd never known cold. Always never thought about wearing a jacket. I couldn't wear a jacket back in Africa because it's too hot. Even in the evenings, you can't wear a jacket. Not talk of wearing a jacket in the day. And then you come to Ireland or Europe and... (laughs) (laughs) You're in your own house and you're wearing jumper, you know, sweater and things like that. Things like that were very confusing for me. The food was very different. Our food is like totally different from what I'd eat in Ireland. Accents was the first thing that hit me straight away because I believed that I speak very good English that anybody would understand. But when I came to Ireland, I couldn't understand the English they're speaking. I, at times, I'd ask myself, I, I'm not sure they're speaking English. I think they're mixing it with other languages. Because I could hear a beat, and then I don't hear the other beats, And I'm like, what's happening? Why is everything so different? And then the rain, of course. I lived in Cork, so it never stopped raining. Again, very confusing, because when it rains, then it's colder for me, and everything was different. So the first couple of months, like I said, was pretty difficult. Say six, seven months, I was still trying to fight myself and say, look, this is life. People actually live like this. This is actually real. All, all my life I've known eat. I've known just being outside, just constantly outside, sitting outside, just having fun. And now you have to learn to stay inside because it's too cold, even in summer, of course. I took myself out of that because it was playing on my mind. I found it psychologically difficult to do anything. I couldn't get out of bed most of the time. I'd rather stand at the doorway. I didn't want to do anything. I just wanted to just be there, eat and just protect myself in a shell you know, just be my own safe list. I started asking myself questions. Okay, so what's next for you? What are you doing? You don't even talk to anybody. You don't know anybody. You can't relate to people, but then you can't blame people for not coming to talk to you as well. Because I was always like, yeah, but people don't seem to want to talk to me. And then some, for whatever reason, I said to myself, I was like, look, if someone came up to my door right now and knocked on my door and said, oh, well, sorry, and didn't say anything, what would you do? Sure, you won't do anything, you just be like, is it that how you close your door back? Or you can be friendly, and say, what can I do for you? But if I'm knocking on your door and you open the door, the onus is on me to say, hello, hi, my name is BJ, I'm actually going to the GPS or the stadium or something like that. You're looking for a direction, you start a conversation, that's the only way they can help you. That's what got me up. I think that's the one thing that challenged me. Okay, fine, you need to find a way to go out. So I went shopping, actually, I tried to buy as much socks as possible. Because I had a problem with the frost in my leg. I wasn't used to cold. That was a big problem. Because my leg is constantly frosty and it's so painful. (laughs) I've never felt that before. I had to buy a load of socks. I'd wear about three at times or four. It's very uncomfortable, but at least it reduces the frost sometimes. Yeah, and then I started trying to come out, trying to talk to people. A lot of people also didn't know how to relate back to me. Most of the times, they don't understand the way my English is. Is it too fast or too slow or just not? the same way that something I'd ever heard before. So it's difficult for them to actually just relate back to me. But again, look, I kept trying and I kept trying to make friends. I was lucky to make one or two friends, and I suppose that was it for me. The moment I was able to clinch one or two Irish friends, Everyone I was like, okay, what are we doing today? Where are you? I'm, I'm coming down now, you know, little things like that. And then I started picking up bits of the accents, you know, I live in Cork. It's like, what's the story like? How are you? Like, that was the first thing I picked up. Oh, your man over there. And I was like, I, I think there was an issue when someone said, your man over there. And that got me really, really confused. Because when you say your man over there, I was like, "What on a minute, what do you mean your man over there? It's, it's not my man, it's, it's not my boyfriend, like, do you know what you mean? <laughs> I didn't know it was a thing Yeah, It was just like a normal way to talk. It's just little things like that. You know, people were very helpful, but then before they became helpful, I had to go look for them, which of course is the normal thing to have done.
0: Can I ask about learning English or speaking English or being forced to speak English, Radwan? What's that been like? In order to communicate, in order to first of all make contact with people, but also then to be able to progress yourself for the likes of accessing
1: services Actually, when I came, I had a very basic English myself. I speak Arabic, my native language. I tried from the first time to learn English. I have a passion to learn English, but, you know, the accent is different. So I started learning English, attending the English lessons. That's in the reception center when I lived before, and also in the ETB as well. I did my English classes. And I can tell you, communication with people, going out, trying to speak yourself, trying to adapt your ear to the different accents, dialects, this is very important. And you need to learn English because everything here, it's in English. So if you want to submit application, fill in application, apply online, accessing this service, to listen to the news, to know what is going around, you need to learn English. So I can tell you from my experience and from others' experience, I worked with the Syrian people, you know, different ages, adults, children, teenagers. I can tell you it's an individual case. It's a case of, will. I want to learn Sometimes it doesn't matter your educational background. I've seen people, they don't have any educational background. They left the school very early, but they now speak English better than me. I have the university degree, but they speak English, the spoken language, communicating with the people over the phone, here, there, because they went out and they tried themselves and they set up businesses. I know two of them, they set up their own business and their English, it's horrible when they came. I know them since they came to Ireland. They had no English at all. I used to help them communicating with the people on behalf of them, making phone calls for them, submitting applications for them. Just a few weeks ago, I was with one of them of them, and he got a phone call and he responded to that phone call. I couldn't understand 50% of that conversation. But he was better than me. I, I shocked. I haven't seen him for maybe a long time because, you know, my commitments and this stuff. But when I saw him speaking with the phone, I said, look, your English is perfect. What he said, what he said to you, what you told him, your English is brilliant. You know why? Because you use the English every day, communicating with the people, listening to different accents. You understand what that. English is very important. It's the key for you. If I didn't work on my language, I couldn't get my master's here. You know, these things, it's the way of the life here. The language, it's not like you have to learn the language because you live here and this is the language of the country. No, 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 because your life is here. Your children raising here in the schools and you see your children. I can tell you, I worked with people who came here and they came, even the children, they had no English. But I met them after maybe one month or two months. You can't believe the level of English of these children, especially the primary school children. And I've seen one of these children, he was just six years old and he was trying to translate for his family. He trying to interpret for his father because he thought his English has the confidence now. He speaks English. It's a big confidence. You speak, you speak the language now and you can communicate. You can manage your life. You can do your daily things yourself. So you don't need assistance. Yes, sometimes you need assistance from time to time because you know sometimes it's the complication of the system. It's not the language. Sometimes it's complicated to apply for this, submit application for that, book this appointment online. You know, it's different life, different system. But language, yes, people they felt from the first minute here. Look, our life here, our children's life here, and we can find our jobs here, our uh, friends, and we can make whatever we want. Language is very important. It's the key of integration. Is the key of the life here. You need to learn the language simply because you live here.
2: And that's what I was thinking, Radwan, as well. Because I was thinking, with the kids, it's so easy for them.
1: Bolaji, until now, I can't believe that child, he's six years old. And I received this family, and I registered, enrolled them in this primary school. And after just maybe six weeks or maybe two months, something like that, I went there. The child, he was trying to translate. I said, you are the youngest ad hoc contributor I've seen in my life, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. He has the confidence. Yeah. He is a different guy now. And also the adults, I remember them when they came here. They are knocking the door on me. Please, not when I received this post. Please, on this phone call. I didn't understand this phone number. Please ring him again or ring them again. But now it's not good I Didn't hear from them. But you know, I didn't hear from them for something related to language, maybe since maybe uh, two years. They have now their own skills, their own ability to manage their lives their families' lives, their family issues. Does that help then families
0: become more settled then? Does that make it more permanent for them?
1: That's of course, because, you know, if you go outside your house and you met your neighbour and you never started talking about the weather, it is the traditional uh, opening word, nice weather or something like that. And you don't understand. Imagine yourself, you live maybe in some Arabic country or some European country, speaking French or Spanish or blah, 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 or any language. And you don't understand the language of your neighbor. How you feel? You feel isolated. I don't know what he was talking about. I don't know what's, what's going around. But... I can tell you, the people I know, we came together, or I met them, they came after, and you know, they know they have a lot of friends, they have a lot of connections where they live in their town, you know. They know their neighbours, they chat, you know. Sometimes it's not 100% understanding. Sometimes the accents, even for Irish people here, they don't understand the accent for different uh, locations, you know. It's some words, it's related to this part of the country. They understand the general idea about, behind this conversation. So they feel, look, we can live here, we can go by and do this, we can access this service, we can go there, we can contact the school, we can receive this phone call, we can manage, we can live here.
0: Can I ask Balaji, Radwan made a comment about I no longer need to talk about I was, you can start thinking about I am. Is it difficult for people that are changing, coming from a life in places like Nigeria to live in a country like Ireland, where you have to change from I was, I was a hairdresser, I was a builder, I was a whatever it may be, to now I am. Is that a difficult change for people that you
2: encounter in your work? It's very difficult, and I agree, with Rodwan. Because when you have trained yourself all through life, or not necessarily train your life, lived life through to that stage, and all of a sudden you're changing, it's very confusing. It's like being a child again, and you're retraining yourself to become an adult all of a sudden. Whereas while you were becoming what you were, what I was, you weren't under pressure. It was a process, so you went through the process and everything, and all of a sudden I am now, but oh, I had no training, I had no previous experience i just have to be there now so it's a massive change say for example we have lots of migrants of course that will have been different things could be doctors could be lawyers in their countries back home any profession you want to think about and then you realize the biggest problem with migration it's trusting you enough to give you that job it's pretty difficult and of course your confidence plays a part as well as a migrant you know you can do it in your head but when you're in a different environment a different language different accents. This is an English-speaking country. Imagine if it was a different language, like maybe French or German or something like that. It'd be totally different. However, this is English, so it's still a bit manageable in terms of restructuring your head. But when you're now thinking, okay, fine, I can do it, but can I actually really do it? Because you have a different process where you're coming from, and it's all a different process here. So there's a lot of imbalances that you have to all of a sudden work on, bring yourself up to speed, as they say, and I suppose for the migrant community, it's pretty difficult. And most of the times people can't keep up with that. People are just like, you know, I don't think I can. I'm just going to find something else that can start again. If you were a doctor, you're not going to go back to, I suppose most people will not go back to college and say, I'm going to go study all over again. Apparently you might have spent six years in college before you graduated. And then in Ireland you think, oh, hold on a minute, things are done totally different. Of course, most of us wouldn't know about educational structure. Maybe you can write a couple of exams to do this and do that. Lack of information, again, is one of our problems as migrants. And then you think, okay, do you know what? I'm going to look for something else to do. I might just try to become the easiest ones at the lacks of security and things like that. Because you know you can manage it. It's something that you can fix at the moment. But to spend the next seven years going through college to re-educate yourself as to the way the Irish would do things, it's a big challenge. financially. You know psychologically emotionally and things like that it's pretty daunting if you know what i mean and again you're thinking about your age like so i'm like for example for argument sake, maybe you're 30 40s knowing that as a migrant of course you also have issues that you need to deal with back home you know maybe financial issues and things like that you're worrying about situations like that you're not worrying about oh i can give myself seven years to go to college and and then i'll be grand no you have immediate issues that need to be dealt with so there's lots of things going on in your mind who i was doesn't then overrule who I am now. I think who I am now is more important when you put the scale of things together, which is a big thing in the migrant community. You have to walk away from who I was. You basically have to first things first consider the situation. For what I know now, I wouldn't advise you to walk away from who you were. Who you were and who I am are two things that you can't get rid of. You need both of them to survive. You need them to be able to move on in life. Who you were built you up to who I am now so, whatever the situation is, is to go seek information. Now we're beginning to have the likes of the migrant support, resettlement, and things like that. We now know information is there. We now know there are people you can go to that can help you. However, I'm still believing that in maybe in some counties they might not have the privilege that we have in Leash. Because I always said that look, Leash, I think, is one of the most advanced in terms of the work that we do for integration. However, there are a lot of other counties that don't have what we have here. And I can say that because I know. I think it's important that. We learn to accept the situation now. We learn to move around, we learn to talk, we learn to ask. I think it's important to ask, keep seeking. Because if you were a doctor back home and you're confident, you know what you're doing, you want to continue that. You have support network. You have people you can go to. You have the likes of the partnerships and resettlements and things like that. So what can I do? Is there a way for me? Is there something I can do? And things like that. Coming back to that though, it's a larger question because I'm thinking about work and education. What about the likes of life itself? So for example, back home in Africa, there's a lot of things that are different from the way Irish do things. So I've had to change a lot about myself to be who I am now. One way or the other, I still carry my Africanness, but I'm very, very Irish in terms of the way Irish should do things, if you know what I'm trying to say. So there's a lot of things that you need to consider when you mention, you know, who you were and who I am now. It's important that you, as a migrant, don't forget who you are first and foremost. Because my grandmother always said to me, like, if a river forgets its origin, it's going to dry up. Basically, what it means is that don't forget where you come from. However, appreciate where you are. And when you live in Rome, behave like a Roman. So adjust to it. Adjust to it. Accept it. Embrace it. Okay, so when I came to Ireland, for example, I grew up in an environment or you know, in a country where respect is ultimate. There are lots of things that you, you do in a different way. For example, your kids to see in morning and say, hi, dad, and just walk past you and things like that. Back in Africa, it's not acceptable. You go flat on the floor and say, good morning, dad. You actually go flat on the floor and say that to your dad. You have to show that respect. And if you're a girl, you have to kneel on your two knees and say, good morning, mom. You know, those are the things Whereas in Ireland. Hi, dad. What's crack? What's the story? Do you know? And I'm like, okay, that's, that's okay. My kids are very like that as well. However, I bring that Africanness and say, look, I'm not asking you to kneel down. I'm not asking you to lie down. But you have to show a bit of, even if it's just about. It's not because I need you to be submissive to me. It's because I need you to know that where you're from, this is how things are done. You're Irish and you're also African as well. You have to balance the two
1: out. For yourself, I was your knowledge, your job, your education and all these things. But for traditions and this stuff, yes, you have to teach your children the traditions the right way the things you did your fathers your grandfathers and these things but for your life for continuity of your life you moved to some place else you found yourself here surrounding by new elements and a new life and a new way of life and you need just to adapt yourself you need just to continue your life here you can't stop here i know some people who could, after maybe fighting for their backgrounds and educational backgrounds, fighting for two, three, four years, five years, and after that, they got it. They continued. They back on the track and they back to their normal after, you know, exams, tests, blah, 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 to get the accreditation for the qualifications. I know some people who also, they left the universities because of war in Syria and they came here. They just maybe spent one year there, two years there. They could attend through springboard courses, through these courses, they got advice from uh, officials in ETB or leash Partnership or different places and different courses and back again, to something similar what they did study before and they got their jobs here.
2: And that's why it's important, again, the likes of the network that's happening where people can go, where you see someone like you, someone that speaks like you, someone that looks like you, is in roles. You feel a bit confident. If I've never met you before and I'm only here for, I don't know, six, seven months and you're meant to be someone in charge of where I can get information. I'm looking at you and I'm like, can I actually approach him? First things first, will he understand me? Will he even take me serious? Does he even know what I've been through? Will he even trust my story? There's a lot of doubt within yourself before I even walk up to you. Now, I'm not saying you're not going to care because it's a job. You would take care of the job. You would do what you have to do. But this is my own spirit fighting before I even come out to you. Now, the different thing is if I see Radwan in integration officer, for example, or migrant to Paul, and I, I can physically see that is not native Irish, although it could be Irish as well. I'm more confident to walk up to him and say, Hi brother, how's things? Oh, look what I need, look what I need. I am not going to think about the things at all about walking up to you, because I would find solace knowing that that's a guy that looks like me. There's a 60% chance or 70% chance he's been through what I've been through. And you are the empathy. Again, not saying you wouldn't have empathy, but you fight the demons. These are the things that are important, that... Being a migrant is not just being a migrant, it's not just the word migrant, there's a lot of things that come with the word migrant that is not seen, apart from the way you see people, apart from what we see on television. There's a lot of psychological trauma that goes behind every step a migrant takes. It's deep. What more do you think
0: Irish people, or Ireland as a country, can do to support people more that are coming into the country.
1: On different things, different matters, people they need when they come here, starting from language, orientation and all this stuff. Educate people about the country, about the town, where are they going to live, about the life, about the system here, that's very important for their life. And working on, if we have family, we just work on this family on individual basis, like we have maybe the father, he was a teacher, and he lost his job as a teacher, and now we can work from this point on him. The support for the people, I can tell you, people trying to seek support in different ways, in education, jobs, these things. Even very simple things for the native people here. It's something like, uh, I met people, they were asking about very, very tiny things, after six years here for myself, they asked me about something related to the heater at the home or something like that, or maybe for the bins, which bin for recycle, which bin for compost, which these things. But I thought, okay, look, five years ago, I didn't know that. And when I moved to the, my house, the same story. I did a lot of mistakes putting this in the organic bin, the maybe recycle stuff in the waste bin, these things. Very simple things, you know. Orientation for the people is very important. Language and working with the language and maybe design or maybe offer these people a tailored program. English lessons is very important for them. I tried myself four years ago, myself, I tried to organize English classes for Syrian people in Leish through Arabic. Beside their original classes, they are attending English classes. and It was very important to keep attending English classes, to keep listening to the native English speaker teacher. Even my language is good. But I can't get the accent like my daughter, like the native people. But also, these people, they need just to be prepared for English lessons. So I use these lessons to teach them general information about the language, some grammar about like, this is uh, tenses, similar present, blah, 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 these things, the vowels, the prepositions use this, and also include some conversational English. When you go to shop and you need to buy this stuff, you can ask about the price like this. When you want to refund something uh, something you bought before, you need just to access the customer service and you can tell them, I want to refund, blah, 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 I have the receipt. And all these vocabulary they need in their life. I focus on language because my experience and others' experience because sometimes your life will stop here because you can't communicate with the surround and the only way to communicate with the people is the language. Yes, I've seen some people, they have crafts back in Syria as confectionery, sweet makers. And they came here. And they don't have the language skills, but they could do something like they could make the sweet and use their children to do advertisement for them and communicating customers and maybe writing the labels, you know, the ingredients or this stuff on the package of the box. They try to find a way. Oh, look, I'm old. I tried to learn English, but I couldn't. But I have to continue my normal like, job, my normal life. So I can get help from here and there. What about for you, Balaji?
2: I think it's quite important. Like everything you've said, it's very, very important. A couple of things I also think it's important is integration strategy. I think it's important that we have a strategy where like, when people come into a different place, we have a strategy to blend them in without making a force out of it. As much as the new migrants need strategy to blend in, to integrate the host Irish people, do need the strategy as to how they accept these people? And I think that when I came to Ireland, it's one of the things that I realized that that wasn't there. Now we're working on that in Leash, and I keep saying this, and I'm so proud of everyone and all the work we're doing in Leish. Every single organization and group, very, very supportive in terms of trying to bring everybody together. But I think that when we talk about strategy, you need to think about the lack of education, even housing, where you strategically put people to leave, so not to create a ghetto, We talk about education as well, how the teachers start understanding about other cultures. There's a lot of cultural differences. When I came to Ireland, I can't count how many interviews I had. I had an interview everywhere, anywhere you can think about. At least I was getting called, but I couldn't get a job. And I thought, they just don't like me, but I just keep coming back because I'm persistent like that. I'm resilient. I keep going. I keep failing because I couldn't get a job. And then I said, look, I must be useless in this life because if I can't get a job to deliver Domino Peter, because I remember going for that interview and I couldn't get that job. And I said, look, that's the end of me. and I'm finished. And then I decided to go for interview training. I realized that I have actually been failing myself because back home in Nigeria, where I come from, and anyone will tell you from Nigeria, I can only speak about Nigeria because that's where I'm originally from. You can't look people in the eye when you talk to them, especially when you have respect for them or when they are older than you. And I would go to interviews. While you're sitting there looking at me, I'm looking out that window and I'm replying you looking at that window or trying to look around the room try and avoid eye contact with you. And I said to the tutor, I remember, I was like, it's very uncomfortable to do that. I can't do it. He goes, just try it. Just keep looking at me and keep talking. But I was like, it's a bit like I'm challenging you. I'm, I'm disregarding you. He goes, no, in Ireland, you have to look people in the eye because then people think you're hiding something away or you're not being truthful. Okay, so I go interview sometime after that I can't remember how many days or weeks or I don't know and I, I I couldn't sleep through the night because I kept looking myself in the mirror and kept talking as though there's someone in front of me I'm trying to practice eye gazing just staring at you there like like I'm haunting you and I got to the room and you know we had this interview I was, I was applying for a security job that time this beautiful lady very lovely in Cork and I was sitting there right in front of her and I was like and I kept talking and I kept looking at her. My heart was actually shaking, was racing so fast. But I kept trying. And I kept remembering your man's word in the class. Just try, just keep looking and just keep talking. You can smile if you want to. And I did all that. And she goes, Grant, no bother at all. Right, like, well, you know, it's cock anyway. So everything is like, uh so she goes, okay, what I'm going to do like, um, actually, give me one second. And then she goes, okay, actually, come here. um." are you available to work say by monday i was like am i hearing deaf? i mean are you serious now am i talking to myself she goes no i'm serious are, are you i'm like i'm available right now i went out of that place jumped out like a child i was actually punching the hair and i rang your man straight away and said i can't believe this i can't believe the reason why i've always failed was because i don't know the tradition in this country I would always have carried my Africanness into that place, or my Nigerianness yeah, into that for place. That,
1: for that reason, offering people the right to access these services and to know how I can access this service is very important. Very, very important. Like, like a different way to apply for a job here from your country, from my back back country in Syria, like, to to maybe to prepare a CV, cover letter, these things. And just let me point out to the integration strategy and this stuff, accessing services is the right for everybody, you know, to access HSE services, DSP services, and all services. And also without the language, it's a barrier. The language is a barrier for you. Also, knowing the people, like introducing these people to the community to the local community is very important like we did in leash starting from 2015 when we arrived to port leash we started to do a lot of events and introduce we have a different events around the year we have ramadan we have eid we have these celebrations so we used to organize these things and invite the local people and one funny story i can tell you i invited my neighbor to we have ramadan we have iftar that is star with the sunset we eat food you know, we spend from until sunset to eat food. You know, we do fasting. I organized uh, with Leash Integration Network, we organized Ramadan Iftar, the Syrian community as well. We organized Ramadan Iftar there in in the parish center. And we got a good response from the parish center staff, from the people there. If I can name some people like Father Baddy, Father John and and these people, they accepted us and welcomed us. And they gave us the space free to do the Ramadan dinner. And that was late in the night, around 10. I designed invitation cards and I went to my neighbor and his wife. I know him. He's a very good man, you know. I I knocked the door and I said, Hi, Alan, how are you? I I just want to invite you to, we have Ramadan dinner today. And you know about Ramadan, it is like one month the year and we do fasting and we, we eat at sunset. If you would come, you and your wife, you are welcome. No children because it's very late. He said, oh, thank you, Radon, thanks very much. And I've seen him the next day, and that was one week before. i see the next day, he looks like a confused person. He tried to approach me when he sees me outside, but finally he came to me just one day before the event, and he said, look, Radon, I will go with my wife. Is that okay? I said, yes, of course. I invited you and your wife. Look, I need just to ask you something. And he was hesitated to ask me, should we wear a different costume, me and my wife, in order to access this? I said, no. Come as yourself, whatever you want. You don't need just to put on a different clothes or something like that. Look, lack of information, lack of knowledge about others' culture, others' habits, others' traditions, this is a prayer, you know? So for that reason, I developed a presentation about Syria, about toward presentation. Maybe you attended it, Anthony, and I don't know. I delivered this presentation around Ireland in different places, just to introduce the culture of these new arrivals. People's hear about Syria from the media, war, dissertation, destruction, killing, and all this stuff. But they don't know about the culture back in Syria. Like the capital of Syria, Damascus, is the the oldest inhabited capital in the world, 12,000 years ago. So this information, information about food, customs, traditions, like when you go to visit me in my house, very simple things. If you do, you respect me. Take off your shoes. That's it, you know and eat my food. If you refuse to eat my food, I feel not comfortable. And you don't need to finish your plate. I offered some friend when she came to us, I offered her, we would do some special sweet and eat after Ramadan. We bought this sweet and small plates, but you don't need to eat all these. It's not good to eat all the sweet. I've seen her trying to finish her plate I said, Look, because I know her for a long time, look, you don't need to finish, do it, play it, keep some, you know, you don't need, we can eat after you, that's fine. (laughs) Like these very simple things, it's very important to break these barriers and break the ice between people, you know, if I know you better. And that
2: you're talking about social inclusion, for example, that's basically the word for it. Okay, so for example, we talk about Africa Day. The Leisure Africa Support Group organizes Africa Day along with the County Council. And the Irish aid in the Department of Foreign Affairs. The whole idea behind that is to let people know about. Culture,
1: I attended that event a lot of these things I never knew before. Mm, You know, because
2: mm. (laughs) there's the food, the music, there's drama, you know, drama, the customs, these colors, exactly. So much colors, and and so much drumming and, and artwork, of course. You know, little things like that are very important. The likes of other events in town as well. The more we do social inclusion activities, the more people come out, even if it's only one thing you know about other country, you've been educated.
0: Guys, thank you so much for coming in to chat today. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed our conversation and I look forward to your next podcast. Until then, slán go